0: and Mike show Flagler County's hometown sports show here are your hosts Rich Carroll and Mike Licio yes it's another episode of the Rich and Mike sports show good Saturday morning Flagler County and a good Saturday morning to you Mike Licio
1: hello Flagler County the regular season is finally over and I say that very facetiously because (laughs) it didn't really feel like it was that long a season
0: I was gonna say, Mike, I feel like we just started yesterday. It's like we just made that trip to Swanee yesterday, and what an experience that was. I'll never you know, there are things, there are highlights. We've been doing this, you've been doing it longer than me, but I guess I've been doing it close for close to a decade now. There are things that happen through the course of, of particular seasons that you remember forever. And I'll always remember driving out to Swanee with you and and uh i've already i'm talking about remembering things i already forgot the name of the restaurant we ate at but uh, the brown lantern there you go shame uh, i know I, I i'm ashamed of myself the brown lantern which was fantastic up in Swanee and then doing the rich and mike sports show after the game in the car on the ride home i don't think uh and, and you made a point on that as far as uh multi multiple, we had the broadcast in multiple counties uh Uh, driving back. So I'll always remember that. Mike, it it feels like we, the season just begun and it's over already. I can't believe it.
1: Well, not quite over for, but the, you know, the regular season's over and it's been a fun year. And at one point I think there was as much excitement as there ever has been in Flagler County. And some of that excitement was diminished over the last couple of weeks with FPC, Virtually being eliminated by losing by Totokoi last week. Last week was a tough week. You know, last week was a tough week for Football County because Matanzas was riding high and looked like they were poised to host a playoff game. And we'll get to this later, but they would have almost certainly hosted a playoff game if they beat Menendez last week. And FPC still had a pretty good shot if they could win their last two games. They would have gotten to five and five. And with the schedule that they played, I think they would have gotten into the playoffs. But both teams lost and kind of put a damper on things, really, the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, it sure did. And and you lose a game if you're FPC. That was very winnable last week. You lose by one point. And on the Matanzas side, you also lost a game on the road against Menendez. That was very winnable. And you lost by two points. So that's a great point. Uh, last week rough week for football county but matanzas you were that close to having an eight and two season and you were talking about it before the game Uh, possibly uh, possibly matanzas would have had a a home playoff game if if they would have won that game against menendez so it did cost them uh, and and obviously with fpc it cost them a lot losing that game against Decoy Creek last week because you come into the game this week against the DeLand Bulldogs with uh, little, very little hope that you were going to extend your season. It was senior night. You had some guys, final game of the year, so bittersweet there. We did highlight the uh, FPC marching band during the, hi- during the uh, halftime show last night. They were fantastic. If you missed it, you could go back to the Flagler Radio YouTube channel, and check out that performance. It was one for the ages for sure. Uh, and on Senior Night, a bunch of band members as well going to be their last performance with that FPC Bulldog marching band. And, and shout out to John Seth for coming on with us at halftime for a couple of good words. Uh, obviously one of the best in the business over there. So as far as the game, last night, that was a rough one, man. 58-23. FPC falls to DeLand, and you felt like maybe they had a shot in this game. Uh, DeLand, one of the top teams in the state. Uh, but we've seen the Bulldogs compete, the FPC Bulldogs compete with them the past couple years as underdogs uh, in DeLand. We've been on the road for both of those to close out our seasons. This year, a different story as DeLand, especially after halftime, because you still had – it was a two-score game. I believe it was 30-15 to at halftime, so you felt FPC was still in that game. They just needed things to break the right way. But any hope or or idea that they would be in that game was eliminated immediately at halftime when uh, the Delan ran back to kickoff on. I believe it was an onside kick. Uh, I really, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. And it was uh, the the floodgates opened. It was over after that.
1: I wonder if somebody's gonna watch the Lands him this week and say who the heck is 82 at quarterback? Um We sure did. <laughs> yeah, we did, and you know, thanks to Ryan Pritt from the Daytona Beach News Journal for helping us clear up that mix-up because apparently he switched jerseys with a player, played one play, threw a touchdown, and we were like, Where's this freshman coming from throwing the ball? And it turns out it was TJ Moore, the man of mystery, the man of many disguises. Yeah. <laughs> and they jumped out sixteen seven. Tough call to go for the one point. I mean, because at eight seven, you're thinking, okay, it's eight seven. They won for two. They're not going to do it again. So I understand why you would just kick the extra point there, and because you don't want to get to chasing points. That's what happened to. Um, that's what happened to Matanzas last week. They won for. They had a look on a two point on the extra point. Against Menendez, they didn't get it, and then they were chasing points and had to go for two again. So you don't want to get yourself in that situation. So I understood it, but then Delan jumped out sixteen to seven and twenty three to seven, thanks to Javon Ross, who's incredible, made plays in the secondary, made plays as a receiver, as a runner, as a returner. He was just amazing last night. And you think, okay, well, late in the first half, I said, run out the clock. Don't even try to go and score because you might turn it over and put the game out of reach. And then Katie Gonzalez drives the team down the field for a touchdown. It's 23-15 with about 40 seconds left. And you're thinking, yeah, they're back in this game. The land's getting the ball to start the third quarter, but they're back in this game. And then just as quickly as they were back in this game, it started to slip away. That kickoff return again, Javon Ross, 48 yard kickoff return to midfield and then number 82 tj moore took it to the house and in a matter of about 20 seconds you went from being in this game to really you know clinging for dear life
0: yeah it it was uh it was something else and obviously superior talent a team that is very familiar with their offense that that heavy running game that that you know, power run offense, triple option offense. And they ran it to perfection, whether it was TJ Moore with the superior ball handling skills, or it was, as you mentioned, Javon Ross, who really they started the game with a little screen pass to him, uh, over 20 yard gain to get started. And it didn't matter where he was getting the ball, throw it to him, hand the ball off, as you mentioned on special teams, wherever he was, he was making a difference in that game you, you saw big runs from la bletcher he got involved you got you saw the coach's son wyatt darlington he was getting involved i think marcellus carry had a touchdown everybody uh-huh. was was getting involved uh on the offensive side of the ball it was a party out there especially in the second half uh for for the Deland bulldogs they were just the better team uh, they're moving on to the playoffs hoping for some big things maybe they're their season can extend a couple of weeks here but uh you know they were clearly the better team on the field last night
1: and Rick Darlington hall of fame coach 248 career wins now so he'd like to get to the third round and get number 250 this year I'm sure but he's he runs the single wing offense he's kind of modified it to take advantage of the passing talent of TJ Moore But what makes that offense so difficult to defend is not just the misdirection. It's the talent of the players. You talked about Bletcher and Ross and Carey and Darlington and Moore. And Moore does everything. He was in on kickoff um, protection. He was there on kickoff coverage. He was playing quarterback. He was holding kicks. He was doing it all but they just throw so many playmakers at you and you got four guys lined up in the backfield going four different directions and you don't know who's going to get the ball. All you know is whichever one of those four guys gets the ball, he's really really good. And it's tough especially for a young team who really hasn't seen an offense like that.
0: Yeah, and that play where they had Javon Ross in motion and it's the option play where the quarterback can keep the ball and run up the middle or or hand the ball off to to Ross and he gets to the outside was run to perfection so many times. It seemed like every time that FPC defense decided, well, we think Ross is going to get the ball, and they they over-pursue that way, there's more with the ball right up the middle with a ton of room, getting chunks of yardage. And then if they lean toward more, he makes the right decision, hands it off to Ross, and he's gone up the sideline. We saw it multiple times, running it to perfection. And uh, I mentioned the, the, the ball handling skills with T.J. Moore. I mean, there were so many plays in this game. I'm watching it. I have no idea where the ball is because they're so good at what they're doing, so familiar with that offense. You can tell that uh, they, they have experience and and they're out there and, and uh, they know exactly what they want to do. I mean, Javon Ross, he's a senior. Darlington's a senior. You know, you got a lot of guys on the offense there. Bletcher's a sophomore, but – you know, you got a lot of guys on the offense there that have been a part of this system. They know what they're doing, and it it really showed last night. Uh, you don't, at least on this level, I I don't feel like I, I've seen a lot of teams with players on offense that seem so. They look like they knew this offense like the back of their hand, and uh, they they executed it to perfection. So it was it was definitely something to watch. And we've seen this team a couple years in a row now, and. And I remember previous years where this offense did not look that good. So uh, was it maybe the FPC defense not as good as they've been the past couple of years? Uh, I don't think that was it. I think uh, DeLand was better this year than they were last year.
1: Last year was the first year Rick Darlington was there, and they were running that system, and there was some adjustment to it. Adjustment by him as well because he made the passing – game more of an element of it than he did in his days at Apopka. Because he coached to his personnel, you've got all these playmakers. you got to get them the ball. T.J. Moore was remarkably efficient. Six of eight, 120 yards, and two touchdowns tonight. And then on top of it, passing. And then he had four carries for 39 yards. The land ran for 251 yards tonight on just 19 carries. That is almost twelve yards of carry. They were just gashing FPC, and it's hard for a young defense with a lot of players playing in a lot of new positions to them. It's hard for them to adjust to the the, the uh, just the system itself. That's formations they're not used to seeing. It's a lot of movements they're not used to seeing. As you said, that little counter sweep to Javon Ross was available almost anytime they wanted. And he had 106 yards rushing. He had 70 yards receiving. He had a good punt return. He had a 48-yard kickoff return that really helped put the game away. He was just amazing. And then the supporting cast. And on defense, they had four sacks tonight. They were very aggressive and getting after the quarterback. And that's the way Rick Darlington teams play. They they are they get after the quarterback. They put a lot of pressure on you. They know that you they put you in a position where you ha, you're there ahead and you have to throw the ball but you can't throw the ball and that's the key is actually they put the, they make you pin your ears back they put you in obvious passing situations and then they just they just blitz and because they know you have to throw the ball they know you're throwing the ball see if you can stop it and and funny thing is MJ smokes who's their best player on the defense we didn't call his name once tonight so that tells you how good the rest of the defense was playing when their division 1 defensive tackle really had a non-existent night and they still dominated the way they did.
0: Oh yeah, they certainly did. All right, let's take a look at the uh, FPC side of the ball. It was senior night and you know, when I when I think about the Bulldogs this year, I definitely think about uh number 4 there, Marcus Mitchell. You would have to say he was their MVP this year. He was their workhorse, and uh, he had another big night, and we did hear the announcement from the PA announcer that he passed his father on the all-time rushing uh, yards for FPC, so it had to be a huge night for Marcus Mitchell.
1: Marcus Mitchell, um, based on my numbers tonight, won over 1,400 yards rushing this season. In just eight games, where in one of them, well, he played nine games, and he was actually only had a few carries in a couple of those games because he was injured. So he fought back, averaged almost eight yards a carry, and, you know, he was the focal point of the offense, and he really carried that team. They were a different team when he wasn't on the field this year. And that's another thing we're going to look back on. If Marcus Mitchell doesn't get hurt, Maybe FPC wins one or two of those games that they lost. And they're a six and four team. And I think, like I said, at five and five, I said on the broadcast tonight last night, at five and five, they're definitely in the playoffs this year. And maybe having Marcus Mitchell healthy for a couple of those games, they do get in at five and five. Maybe they win the university game. Maybe they win the um they, they had him for Tokoy, but, you know, then there was that. I mean, the other thing about this young team, we saw a young team tonight and all year, and you saw how that young team, that inexperience hurt him against the land with their offense. Special teams had a tough year this year for them. You know, they, the inexperience there, Carson Cato, their long snapper getting hurt in, in the first game of the season, or the, the kickoff classic rather, that, They never really recovered from that on the special team side of the ball. They had problems with snaps. They had problems with protections. And a simple thing like that is another – it might have kept them out of the playoffs. So, you know, but we saw a lot of bright spots. You know, the receiving core, Zyquan Neal, Cody Newton, and we saw Miguel – Hales Isaac, they lived up to the hype.
0: Jordan Gales, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan
1: Gales. You know Jordan Gill had Daly a really good, good game out night. there. Robbie just... Daly had a Robbie Daly finished the season strong as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know Cody Newton, a senior, had a beautiful uh, touchdown catch uh, last night from Caden Gonzalez on a play where Kate, you know Caden Gonzalez he had to work for it when he made plays and. And he found Cody Newton stepping up into the pocket because it seemed like there was immediate pressure on him every time he dropped back to pass. And on that particular play, stepped up in the pocket, threw a dime over the middle. Cody Newton made a nice move and got to the end zone. So uh, uh, shout out to Cody Newton for a, a beautiful touchdown pass. It was senior night. He's a senior. I think when when you going back to speaking on Marcus Mitchell and possibly the MVP of this team. Uh, For this season, you can't talk about uh, MVPs for FPC without bringing up the name Colby Cronk. I mean, uh, I I didn't see him last night. I don't know if there was an injury. I don't think he was in in the game. I don't remember him being a part of any snaps, but he had a huge year. They developed the elephant, you know, for him and he picked up so many big first downs and had big moments with the elephant formation. So uh, you definitely have to, and and always a force on defense. He had a bunch of sacks this year, so uh, it was another big year for Colby Cronk on on that uh, on that defense. Mike,
1: I predicted that he would have double-digit sacks. He finished the year with 12, and he he's the real deal. And I saw his sister Michaela, who's an accomplished swimmer at Florida, um, doing really well there. And I said, your brother is the you of football. And she said, well, I, I think he's going to be better at football than I was at swimming. And I thought to myself, "If as long as he's like as good as Michaela, that would be really freaking awesome. And he was a menace all year. And you didn't even get to see his full potential because when Ethan LePepe got hurt and Stacy Mitchell was hurt at one point, you know, teams just started double and triple teaming Colby Cronk. And he still managed to have double-digit sacks. That tells you how good he is. You know, I think Emideon the is going to be a good player going forward. Jaquan Grimes, Zayden Green, all—all all, uh, these are all guys that Benny Garrett, all had all up and coming guys that they all coming back, and but we talked about Marcus Mitchell and they were definitely a different team with Marcus Mitchell. If they don't have Marcus Mitchell, they may go and Oh, and 10 this year, (laughs) you know, but but, you know, the signal caller this year, Katie Gonzalez, it's just remarkable. He, he joined the team in April. he had never even played in a tackle football game and he finishes the year with over 1400 yards passing. 13 touchdowns, just seven picks, completed completed about 60% of his passes. I mean, he did what you needed him to do this year. And, you know, there was some growing pains, but he never backed down. And it was just something to see. And I talked to him last night. Um, well, before I get to my conversation with him, I think we both agreed that he was the player of the game.
0: Yeah, I mentioned before, he fought hard for everything uh, that he got last night. So I would say he was the player of the game. And, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. All the years we've been doing football here, that's one of the more unlikely incredible stories we've encountered. To never play a game of tackle football, next thing you know you're the starting quarterback for the FPC Bulldogs. Pretty incredible.
1: Playing one of the toughest schedules anyone had to play in the state. And last night he was 7 of 10, 154 yards and the two touchdowns you know he finished his senior year his one year of football on a strong note and i caught up with him last night after the game and i had to ask him what have these last few months been like going from back in march having never played a tackle football to having been a starter for almost an entire season
0: just
2: straight hard work um barely any rest i've Taking it way too personal, but it, it helped out. Worked in the end. I was able to do what I could. Um, I could have done a lot more in a lot of games, but you know, you can you can only do so much as a person, as a human being. Not everyone's perfect, but it's just been straight hard work and straight straight love with my teammates and my coaches, and uh, straight motivation from everyone around me. So it's just it's been amazing.
1: And that was Kaden Gonzalez. You know, we talked about how FPC had a lot of players that. to play in a lot of different positions and i talked to daniel fish about that as well that one of the things about this fpc team was that they got a lot of players out of their comfort zone you were able to get so much out of these kids and sometimes even more than maybe you believed and maybe even they believed
2: uh you know i think it's a testament to um you know their will and and unselfishness man just the, the ability to to take coaching and understand hey sometimes I'm gonna be called to do things that I don't necessarily want to do or things that I don't necessarily think I'm I'm strong at but I'm gonna go out there and give it my best so that's one thing I really want to praise this group on you know that it's it's not always the way that we envisioned envisioned it or they envisioned it but they go out there and they give us their best effort and they do their best to take the coaching and and apply it into a game scenario so um, love these kids, man. I, I thought they did a great job all year giving us, you know, the best versions of themselves. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we came up short in a couple games that probably would have put us in the playoffs. And all we can do is learn from those things and, and grow from them. Even our seniors who, you know, don't get another shot at it. I think there's a lot of valuable lessons that we learned throughout this year that they can carry on into their, into their life that will help them, you know, be successful and not make some of those mistakes that, that they made this year, so we, we learned so much, we grew so much in a year you know, you make every excuse in the world we're, we're not the type of team that's going to do that, you know, we, we went 3-7 and seven. It, it wasn't what we hoped for um, but we, we played a really tough schedule and we battled our butts off all year and we worked hard
1: in practice and we did get better, so super proud of these guys And Rich, the Daniel Fish era has just begun one season and it didn't end the way they wanted to, but I think the future's bright. We talked about a lot of players coming back for FPC next year. And he said to me after the game, he says, we're going to get back to work Monday. So the, so 2024 has already started for FPC in Daniel Fish's mind. One team that doesn't have to worry about 2024 yet is the Matanzas pirates who won 33, nothing against winter Springs. They finished seven and three and, all but have clinched a playoff spot they'll have to wait until tomorrow morning to hear from the fhsaa playoff reveal to find out if they made the playoffs but i asked coach farce what now what will the next 36 hours be like uh
2: I'm, I'm gonna probably watch college football i'll probably maybe go fishing um yeah i mean what can you do you know you just gotta kind of wait and see and you know, you can play 15,000 scenarios in your head, but that doesn't do any good. You know, we're going to – I told our guys and coaches, you know, usually we enjoy it for 24 hours and we move on. Um, we get to enjoy this one for 48. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, you can't think about that. Like I said, hopefully, you know, our body of works good enough to get us in. And, you know, if it's not, you know, still a great regular season. But, um, you know, I told our guys, you know, the three best words in sports are survive and advance. I and mean, once you get in that tournament, you know, everybody's record zero zero 0 and – uh, who knows what can happen from there so uh but yeah i mean we're just gonna go about our business like you know a normal weekend and we're gonna meet as a coaching staff at 10 a.m for the selection show and uh you know like i said hopefully our body of work gets us in
0: Yeah, certainly one of the great seasons in the history of the Matanzas Pirates, Pirates Nation. They are excited. All eyes are going to be on the FHSAA selection show Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And we're going to have something to say about that because we're going to have our own WNZF selection show after that at around 11 a.m. live on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel to break down what just happened and hopefully what we see happen, Mike, Is the Matanzas Pirates living to play another day or, as the coach said, survive in advance?
1: There's a secret formula the FHSAA uses. A lot of people thought it was the straight max pep rankings. That factors in. Strength of schedule factors in. All these things factor in. But nobody knows how it's calculated. So all I can do is make my best guess here. And based on what happened last night and on Thursday night, I think, the, I don't see it Matanzas moving down, but I don't see him moving up either. Escambia is number six. They're number seven, Matanzas. They are slightly behind Escambia. But Escambia played a winless team as well as Matanzas. So I think those two are going to be a wash. So I don't think they're moving. Columbia, who's the five seed, lost to Vero Beach. But Vero Beach is an eight and two powerhouse team. So I don't see Columbia dropping that far. So ultimately, long story short, I don't think they dropped to the eighth seed. I don't think Middleburg has enough to pass them. So I think Matanzas, in my opinion, and we'll find out tomorrow, is locked in at the seventh seed. St. Augustine's got the number one seed locked up. Tallahassee Lincoln, in my opinion, despite a loss to Florida High last night, is still the number two seed. I don't think Chalk Talk can go get him at the three seed. I think that I would say about I'm about 75% sure that we're going to end up, you and I, and the team are going to be headed over to Tallahassee next weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, I hope that's the case. And it doesn't really matter where the Matanzas Pirates are going if they make the playoffs, and we think most likely they will. Uh, it doesn't matter where they're headed. We're going to be there, so you don't have to be. I stole that from Mike Licio, by the way. But I, I, I think it's great, and uh, I, I think it says it all because, yeah, we'll, we'll make the trip. Whether it's in another time zone, we've talked about it. I hope I'm not jinxing myself and that's what happens. But, uh, yeah, I think Tallahassee would be great. We get out there and and we will broadcast that playoff game here on WNZF on the radio, 94.9 FM. You hear it online on the Flagler Radio app. Watch the game on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. So we're excited. It has been one of the great Matanza seasons of all time. I think of those Ripley years uh, with, with Mackenzie Wagner at quarterback, right? The little bootleg play they ran over and over again, but it took them to the playoffs. It took them to, to defeat the FPC Bulldogs for the first time. And uh, other than the Ripley years, I'll always remember that first Coach Forrest year, Mike, you know, where they went on the winning streak at the end, and I, I guess it's debatable to say if they got in the playoff playoffs there or not. It was a special scenario there where, uh, everybody was pretty much getting in, uh, but but a great nonetheless a great winning streak for the Pirates there at the end with Coach Forrest his first year the air raid offense the whole thing so uh, this is the the most exciting at least one of the most exciting Matanzas Pirate seasons of all time.
1: I I am with you there. I can't wait, and I don't think there's any chance. I thought there was a chance coming into our broadcast last night that Matanzas would could potentially fall out and maybe like a 10% chance they would fall out. But Yuli beat Menendez, Fort Walton beach lost to Claire Esfew. Those were the nine and 10 seats. There's nobody else who can come get them. And so I think the pirates are definitely in. It's just going to be a question of where, and once we find out tomorrow, we'll tell you about it and we'll tell you a little bit about who they're playing and where they're playing and what's going to be going on. And I can't wait, Rich. this is the excitement is still palpable This season's not over yet.
0: All right. And just a reminder, we highlighted the FPC marching band performance at halftime last night. If you missed it, if you missed the game, you want to go back and check out what happened. It is available on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. And yes, tomorrow is the big day for those Matanzas Pirates to find out if they did get into the playoffs the FHSAA selection show starts at 10 a.m. So a lot of a lot of eyes are going to be viewed to their screen watching that show, waiting to see and find out what happens. And then right after that, you can come on with us. You can join Rich and Mike on our special WNZF Selection Sunday show on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel that will begin around 11 a.m. Congratulations, Matanzas Pirates, on a fantastic season. And the FPC Bulldogs, you guys, you played hard all season long. We'll see you next time on the Rich and Mike Sports Show.